goes, your grandmother is telling me that there's photos. She wants the photos. She wants you to put the photos out. There's photos of you and her and Santa Claus and a fire truck. And I'm thinking, I have no idea what this guy's talking about because I got on the fire department, but I never brought a fire truck to my grandmother's house when I was a New York City firefighter. You know, I didn't I didn't work as a New York City firefighter near where my grandmother lives in Florham Park. So that doesn't make sense. So I remember later on, after the reading, my mom were looking through old photos at my mom's house. And there's a photo of me, my mom, grandma, and Santa Claus, and a fire truck. Welcome to What the Fuck Just Happened. I'm your host, Liz Enton. If you listen to the intro, you know my story. If not, here's a brief summary. I'm a science skeptic, and when my dad died, I took a shot in the dark and decided to investigate if there was any possible evidence of an afterlife. I assumed that was as realistic as Santa Claus, but I was desperate. However, I was so blown away by what I discovered that I wrote a book and launched this podcast. In this podcast, I will be talking to some fairly normal people about some really weird shit. I speak with everyone from psychic mediums and afterlife researchers to ordinary people who've had some inexplicable experiences. So come, listen, there's no need to draw any final conclusions. Keep an open mind and wonder What the fuck just happened? Hey everyone, I'm talking today with Andrew Radzowitz. He reached out to me on Instagram and I thought his message was so interesting and I was so intrigued that I thought all you guys had to hear his story too. Andrew, you can introduce yourself so much better than I can, so go ahead. Hi, I'm Andrew Razowitz. I am a psychic medium, an author. I am a retired New York City firefighter. I am also an embalmer here in Melbourne, Australia, and I am a psychic medium full-time now after COVID-19 due to the influx of all these readings that are needed out there, and I'm originally from New York City, and I currently am in Melbourne, Australia, and I will be returning to New York City at some point. The more and more traumatic events that I experienced, the more I looked into areas like life after death, um, where do we go, where does our soul go, Uh, once we die, does the soul, soul stay around, is there life other than ours that's in the universe right now? You know, I had a lot of these questions and I had a best friend die when I was five and at five years old, you know, you don't really uh, grieve the proper way that you would when you're 25. So I really didn't know what to make of it. I had a friend die. He had a heart transplant and all I knew was 
you know, my, he had a heart transplant, something went wrong in the operating table, he died. But something started to shift in my mind a little bit, like, all right, wow, like, we're here, we're doing all these things, we're playing, we're having fun, life is great. And then now Mikey's gone. Like, it, it just didn't make sense to me. And then at 13, I had a, another best friend, he passed away. And same thing, that really, really started to open me up. I, I said, okay, I know that based on my friend dying at five and then at 13, I want to find out what this thing is, life, what, what life really is, what life truly is and why we're here and to make the most of the time that we have while we still have it because it could be taken at any time. So something shifted in me. I literally could feel something shift internally. I noticed that I would look at things one way. Uh, I would look at things and really take them really, really deeply. Like I, I would cherish moments with my grandmother. You know, I would love spending time with my family. And maybe some of my friends were out there in the street playing sports. I spent a lot of time with my grandmother for some reason. And my grandmother was one of those people that I could talk to about anything. And I remember in 1995, we were watching Unsolved Mysteries and an episode came on about life after death. And there was a ghost on TV. They showed a ghost was going across the screen. And I looked at my grandmother and I go, Graham, I go, whenever you pass away, I say, can you promise me that you come through? But I don't want to see you know, a butterfly or a feather or a coin on the ground. Like, I really need to know that it's you. And she looked at me and she said, I promise I'll come through and you'll know it's me. I was 15. That was 1995. I was born in 1980. So yeah, I was about 15 years old, right around there. So at that moment, I said that to her and then we just left it alone. We, we didn't talk about it all the time. It wasn't a obsessive thing, nothing like that. I just for some reason, said it to her. I don't even know why. You know, it wasn't like I was thinking, should I say this? Should I not? I, I just said it for some reason. Well, life goes on. That's, you know, at that point was 1995. And then life keep, keeps going on and on. And in the late 90s, I was in the U.S. Coast Guard. And I was on a boat down in the Gulf of Mexico. And we were out in the middle of nowhere uh, in the Gulf of Mexico, the Caribbean. I mean, literally, it, there was like nothing around except blue sea. And late at night, I saw two silver objects, these two round silver objects. Uh, I, was the, I was the night watchman on top of a boat. So I see these objects and I, I grabbed the night vision goggles and I could see them with the night vision but I couldn't see them with my regular eyes. Just looking out there, I saw nothing. But I saw them with the night vision because they pick up a lot of things that the regular eyes can't see. The spectrum of light is greater. So I call down and I bring up one of my officers and I said, can you take a look? I see something over here, like off the Northwest. And they had nothing on their radar. So next thing you know, there's 10 guys up there and the next thing you know, the captain of the boat's woken up. It's about two in the morning. And to wake the captain of the boat up uh, to look at something at two in the morning, it's probably pretty serious because he's not going to be happy being woken up at 2 a.m. So we're, I, there's about a dozen of us and 20 of us on top of the boat. 
and we're all looking at these two objects and they're moving in formation. Like one is just kind of staggered behind the other one. And after about, it seemed like 10 minutes, but I can't tell you exactly the timing. It's, it was hard to tell exactly how long this was happening, but these two objects, all of a sudden they came together. And when they merged as one, they vanished. They were gone. So this was 1999. So at this time I was like, you know, 19, 20 years old, right around there. And I just remember saying, wow, well, you know, if, if a human being was in that, that object, they would have exploded because if, if something, you know, took off that fast inside of a craft, your, your insides would turn to jelly. So there couldn't be something in there. So the next day, nobody spoke about it. Nobody said anything. We kind of just went about our ways. Um, it's like, all right, whatever. At that point, I thought it was just an isolated incident. I just happened to see something at the right place at the right time. I come back to America and I had heard about a doctor, a military, uh, th this guy, Dr. Stephen Greer, who knew ex-military guys who also had what they call close encounters with extraterrestrials, ghosts, spirits, orbs, all sorts of weird things. So I said, I have to meet this guy because I want to meet other people that are experiencing these weird things. There's something to this. And I think there's a connection with this, with the dead, which is what we're going to get into. So I fly out to the desert in California in 2011. I meet Dr. Stephen Greer, and he told me if I meditate, that these objects will appear when you meditate. I didn't believe him. Well, I start meditating. These objects start appearing. These balls of light in the sky, they're known as orbs. Uh, they could be anything from green to blue to yellow to multicolored. These things would come, and then on the ground, I would start to see as well, I would see some different colored objects. Sometimes they would look like sparklers on the ground. Now, at, right around the same time, my grandmother passes away. So grandma dies, and I'm in my early 30s, and I go to a restaurant in town where I grew up. I grew up in a town called Floral Park in Long Island. So I take my mom out to eat at a restaurant that we used to like to go eat. Me, mom, grandma, all of us used to go to this one place. We walk into this restaurant called Jameson's. We go in there and this guy comes up to us and he's got earrings in his ears, like six earrings in his ears, wearing a black leather jacket. And he comes up to us and he goes, he goes, okay, someone in your family just died and they had cancer on their face. I go, okay. He goes, and which one of you, pointing to me and my mom, which one of you was born on Easter Sunday? Now, my mom was born on Easter Sunday in the 1950s. So for someone to just pull that out of nowhere, that, that, that was pretty odd. Uh, I've never heard that before from anyone that I've known or didn't know. So I'm like, okay, who is this guy and, and what's going on? His name is Robert Hansen and he's a medium, a, a psychic medium from Long Island. He says to me, 
He says to me, he goes, your grandmother is showing me a fire truck. I was not wearing any firefighting memorabilia, no jacket, no, no nothing. I was just dressed in like regular clothes to go out. And I got on the fire department in 2006. And when I met Robert, this is around like 2010, 2011. So I, I had nothing on me that could display that I was a firefighter. But he said to me, he goes, your grandmother is telling me that there's photos. She wants the photos. She wants you to put the photos out. There's photos of you and her and Santa Claus and a fire truck. And I'm thinking, I have no idea what this guy's talking about because I got on the fire department, but I never brought a fire truck to my grandmother's house when I was a New York City firefighter. You know, I didn't I didn't work as a New York City firefighter near where my grandmother lives in Florham Park. So that doesn't make sense. So I remember later on, after the reading, my mom were looking through old photos at my mom's house. And there's a photo of me, my mom, grandma, and Santa Claus, and a fire truck. Now, I remembered before I was a paid firefighter, I was a volunteer firefighter. And when I was a volunteer firefighter, we used to go to every member's house around Christmas time. And we used to have the families come out and we'd take photos with them around the trucks. But I forgot about that. That was so long ago. You know, that was in like the, the early 2000s that I had forgotten about this. I had no recollection of that. So I said, wow, this guy must be reading my mind or know someone that knows me because I'm, I'm being skeptical still. I'm still trying to be skeptical, trying to think there's a way that this guy knows this. He knows someone, someone paid him off, right? There's something, you know, I'm not fully sold yet. And then he says to me, he goes that this was when the end of the reading, the, the last thing he said to me, he goes, there's a girl in your family that died and her name was Emma. And when she died, she was buried in a christening dress. And I go, no, I would know that. I mean, that's pretty, pretty specific. And for a little girl to be buried in a christening dress, I think that's something someone would pass down and tell family. Like, that's really significant. I leave Jameson's with my mom. We go back to my mom's house. We walk into her living room. My mom points on the wall. There's a photograph of a little girl in a christening dress. And my, I go, mom, who is that? My mom goes, oh, that's Aunt Emma. But she died over a hundred years ago. I go, whoa, 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 hold on. I go, mom, I thought that was you. That's why you had the photo. She goes, no, 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 no. I looked like her. Everyone said I reminded her of Aunt Emma. So they gave me this photo and it was passed down through generations. And that photo was in my living room my entire life, and I never knew that that was not my mom. I thought that was my mom. So I go, okay. Um, my mom said to me, she goes, she goes, Andrew, no one even met her because the, the lady died over a hundred years ago. So it was like a great, great, great aunt or, or something like that. Um, but she goes, Andrew, I don't know her. I just was told I look like her. So they gave me the painting. 
So I'm like, I didn't know this lady. My mom didn't know this lady. How the heck did Robert Hansen know this lady who's my relative? So once again, at that point, I just said, all right, uh, this guy's on to something, but I'm just going to leave this alone. So about a year passes, I tracked down Robert Hansen. I went through a divorce. I, I, I lived in Long Beach, Long Island at the time. My house was underwater. I lost my home. I lost everything. I, I was not in a good space. I said, the only thing that maybe will help is maybe I should go see a psychic, right? When you're you know, not feeling well and things aren't going good. I've heard that psychics sometimes can help get you, you know, through those crap times. So I'll give it a shot. But I hadn't seen the guy in like over a year. So I'm like, he's not going to remember me. The guy sees 2,000 people a month because he does giant group readings. So I go into his studio. I still have the original recording. He reads me. I don't tell him anything. I didn't tell him how I knew him. Nothing. At the end of the reading, he says... I see a fire truck and it's one of those cherry picker type fire trucks with like the bucket on the end. He said, and there's a guy that falls off of it and he falls down, hits the ground, but he doesn't die right away. He's alive for a little bit and then he eventually dies and his name starts with a P. It's like a poo or a P-U, a poo. And I look at him and I go, Robert, do you mean Danny Pujak? He goes, yes. I go, but I don't know him. I never met him. I don't have any mutual friends of him. I know nothing about Danny Pujak except the story, but I never met this guy. I said, so I don't. Oh yeah. Yeah. You can look it up. This is a real story. And that's how the guy, this is how the guy died. Now the specific details, of course, th this is where it gets real weird. So he explains to me, you know, this guy fell and he's he's coming through to me for whatever reason. And I'm like, all right, whatever. I don't know what to make of it, right? So it's the end of the story. And Robert goes, he goes, Andrew, he goes, you have this gift. I go, what? What gift? I go, to be a medium? He goes, yeah. I go, nah, bro. I go, I'm a New York City firefighter. At this point, I'd been on the job for about... Um, you know, maybe six, seven years, you know, so I was like, I I'm not looking to become a, a firefighter, you know, to become a psychic, you know, like I, I'm set, I have my career, I'm happy, like, nah, like, whatever. He goes, well, if you'd like, he goes, I can help you interpret the messages that are around. He goes, you're seeing them. You're seeing the signs and symbols. He goes, no one can make you psychic. He goes, but I can help you make sense of what they're trying to show you. He goes, it's up to you. I just need to jump in to say one thing. Uh, so people think psychic mediums say that to everybody. They don't. Like, they have not said that to me. I know of Robert Hansen. I know other people who've had readings with him, and he's never, he hasn't said that to any of them. So, and my only other friend who, like, has been told by psychic mediums that you really have this ability is a psychic medium. So just, I know that's a misconception that they say it to everybody. The good ones don't. Yes. Yeah, so I heard that. So I'm, I'm thinking, of course, you know, if I tell my mom or the guys in the firehouse, they're going to go, yeah, right, bro. He's telling you that. So you could spend another $500 for a reading or whatever he's charging. So 
I'm like, okay, so what do I do with this? He goes, come here on a Saturday. He goes, it doesn't cost anything. The first session is nothing. He goes, if it's for you and you get something out of it, he goes, then after that, he goes, it's $20 to train for three hours. There is no medium that I've met in over the last decade that will charge $20 to train you for three hours. That's unbelievable. You would know, right? I've heard of him. I think Robert Hansen charges something like for a reading, like hundreds of dollars, like $500 or something. Yes. So he's not, I mean, he's not doing this to make money. No. His, his readings are 500 for a one-on-one -on -one reading. So to train a group of people, he charges the people in the room $20 a person. Uh, and that's if you go the first time and you like it. If you don't, you don't have to go back. There's no pressure. So I go. He said, he goes, you'll come. And he goes, and then you'll sit with people. And I'll show you how to just see what's going on and just read what's happening. I go, all right, I'll see about that. I leave his office. I have to ask one more thing because this is what I would have thought early on too. This isn't like an MLM like spam scam where he trains you and then he gets a percent of all your readings if he trains you for that. There's no financial benefit to him charging $20. Zero. Nothing. There is nothing like that at all. So, yeah. So, I'm like, all right, whatever. Yeah, I'll, I'll think about it. So, I go, but why is this fireman, Danny Pujak, coming through to me? I don't understand that. I don't know anyone that even knows him. And my dad was a firefighter. My uncle was a retired firefighter. I know a lot of guys on the job. And nobody I know through anyone is like, oh, that was my friend. Nothing. Like So I'm like, this doesn't make sense. But when you get read, if you listen and you take notes, when you leave, you will see that during the session, if it's not making sense, when you leave, things will start to happen that make 100% sense. And there's a reason for this. So I leave his office. I go on a blind date with this girl, right, to lunch. And I go in and I'm sitting down with this girl talking with her. She goes, oh, so what'd you do today? And I'm thinking, do I really tell her I just saw a psychic? That sounds crazy. So I'm like, but whatever, right? If you want to be with me and you want to get to know me, it is what it is. I said, well, actually, I just went to see this guy, Robert Hansen. And the weirdest thing happened at the end of the reading. I said, the whole reading was amazing. He nailed everything. I recorded it. At the end of the reading, he said that some firefighter came through that that I've never met before. But for some reason, this guy wanted to you know, recognize that his presence was in the room and he's with me and his name is Danny Pujak. The girl dropped her drink. She had like a, like a glass drink, dropped it. I, I go, what's the matter? She goes, Danny Pujak was my best friend. So I go, Oh my God. I said, I'm sorry. I said, I didn't, I, I hope it didn't upset you. I didn't want to, I don't want to offend you or anything, you know, cause this work is not for everybody. And Sometimes people aren't ready to hear things. She goes, no, 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 that's okay. I want to hear more. So I talked to her and just told her everything that happened. And I said, well, the, the reason that I had the reading and that at the end was to obviously tell you that the survival of his consciousness is real. She goes, yeah, I've been struggling. I've been really struggling, wondering where is he? 
is he okay? Does he, does he see me? Can he feel me? She goes, I sense his essence around, but do I know he's really here? How do I really know? I need proof. And, and just, you know, that isn't enough. I need more than that. And she goes, Andrew, what you just told me is better than anything I've heard from a therapist or a priest or anything. And I go, I can identify because when my grandmother died, I asked the priest, I said, where's Graham? He goes, she's in heaven. She's with your, your grandfather in heaven now. I said, okay, how do you know that? He goes, well, it says in the Bible, I go, no, 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 no. I've read the Bible plenty of times and I know what it says in there. I go, but how do you really know that my grandmother is in heaven and happy and at peace with my grandfather. Like, what's the proof? And he, he goes, I, I don't have any, it's just faith-based. I said, that's not enough for me. I go, I love my grandmother so much, and I need to know that she's in a good space and she's not suffering anymore. She had cancer, it spread throughout her body. She suffered terribly at the end of her life. I took care of her every day. I'd go to the firehouse, and when I wasn't at the firehouse, I'd be at my grandmother's house helping her out. I spent every minute I could with her, and when she crossed, I just had to know that she still was not in the same condition that she was in when she was in her last days. And when I met Robert Hansen, what he told me and how he described things to me was proof that my grandmother is in a better place, that, that she is at peace because she would not have been able to relay the information and describe things to Robert if she was in the condition she was in, if she was not well, if she, she couldn't talk. You know, she had cancer on her face. Her face was destroyed. It was hard for her to talk. It was horrible. So the mere fact that Robert Hansen was saying things to me and they were accurate I said, I case closed now. I don't need to go to another therapist. I don't need to go to another priest. What that guy did for me, I said, is priceless. I don't care what he charged. If it was $500 or $1,000, people spend thousands of dollars going to therapists and going to psych wards and all sorts of things to get help. I got that relief through one session with Robert. And when Robert said to me, Andrew, you have this, I said, you know what? If I could provide that relief for someone, I said, I will do that. I said, because that healed me right away. And if I have that gift or whatever you want to call it, I have that ability, I can do that. Maybe I should look into that. So I started training with him. And from the first day I trained with him, I sat with random strangers that I never met before. I didn't know anyone in his class. Nobody. I was the only guy there. I think I was the only male there pretty much. Um, and then it was mostly women and I sat with them and I would sit with them, look at them. And then I would start to see a black and white movie playing out above them, like an old Charlie Chaplin film. It would stop playing out right above them. And it would go lightning fast, like watching an old slideshow. 
And I would say to people, for example, I see a car driving down the block and it's driving in reverse and someone shoots out of the back window and their left leg is amputated now. And someone would say, oh my God, that's my uncle Mike. Now that's pretty specific. That's not, oh, do you know a guy that had cancer and died because his heart failed? We all die from heart failure. Eventually our heart stops working. We all die. That's too generic. It's got to be specific. It's got to be on the money. It's got to be right on point. And that's how Robert taught me to interpret the messages, get right to the point. So I was just saying this to people. And then I had that moment, that moment finally came when I knew a hundred percent in my heart that I was really doing this because I fought it at first. I said, no, no, these people are lying to me. They want to make me think that, that I have this, but I don't, you know, this is all just like a fairy tale. I don't buy it. I don't know. There's more to this. I'm reading a lady who I don't know. And I say to her, I see a one foot tall, I see a one foot tall white glowing thing. I don't know what it is, like a, like a, like a ball of energy. The lights were out in the room and I was reading somebody in the basement of my apartment. And I said, I could literally see like a one foot tall ball of light. I said, but what I'm getting shown to me in these images is it's around like a holiday weekend and there's water, it's Long Island, there's water, there's a boat, and there's missing child. They think a child is missing. I see a dog, and I see this boat, and a missing child, and there's a girl telling me her name begins with a V, a v a Victoria or Vanessa. The reason that I cannot hear the name exactly as it is, is because when the souls talk to me, it's like they're talking to me and they're at the bottom of a pool. So it's garbled. It's like, that's how it sounds. I wish they could say, hi, Andrew, I'm Mike. That's for me. That's not how it is. They're talking to me and I'm like, I'm hearing these, these mumbles, these vibrations, these different tones. So as the medium, I have to decipher what that letter is. And or what that sounds like and say to the person, it sounds like this. Does that make sense? And hopefully it does to the person. So the girl I'm reading. So the visuals are clear and when in the little movie that you watch and the sounds are not clear. Yeah, the 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 the, the visuals are crystal clear. Can you ask them then like to write out their name on it? Yeah, I I wish I could. I, I can't, and from how I was trained with Robert, I can't ask them anything. They just show me. And Robert said it's the same for him. Because if they could, if I could ask them anything, I wouldn't be sitting here with you. I'd be working with the FBI finding missing people. Honestly, I wouldn't be doing this. I would go find missing kids. I'd, I'd find rapists and murderers and say, all right, who killed you? Who did this to you? I'd go to Gilgo Beach and I'd solve those. And Robert Robert Hansen worked with the feds for 10 years trying to find missing children. And he said, Andrew, it's almost impossible. Now, I do do that as well. 
I, I, that just another side note, that's a project that I'm working on with some people. I am working on because I, I would like to, I would like to try to do that. I am trying to find people that are missing, uh, not for profit, nothing like that. I am just doing that on my own because it's one thing. I'm like, I'd love to, if I could do anything with this gift, I want to find the people that have no voice, that are gone, that vanish, that people don't know where they are. If I could do anything with this gift, it would be that. So I am trying that, even though Robert says it's impossible, I am still going to try to do that one day. So um, as I'm reading this girl, uh, she says to me, she goes, yeah, yeah, it's all making sense. And I said, I see this boat. It's a, it's a holiday weekend. Someone's missing. And I said, I see an Avengers costume with the, the A on the head, like Captain America or the Avenger, that A on the head. And she goes, okay, but I don't know what that means. I go, and I see a girl, a little girl, and she's wearing a pink shirt with white hearts on it. She goes, I don't know what that means. So at the end of the reading... Um, the girl says to me, she goes, she goes, my best friend had a daughter, the girl's name. I don't remember what it was now. Uh, you can look it up. Actually, people can look this up and verify it. Uh, the girl says to me, she goes, Andrew, she goes, I want to show you something. She goes, they created a Facebook memorial page for this girl. I don't even think I had Facebook at this time. This is years ago. Wait, and the little girl who was coming through was not this woman's daughter. It was her best friend's daughter. No, no, it was her best friend's daughter. So, so the girl says to me, she goes, Andrew, my best friend had a daughter who her name is Victoria or Vanessa. I don't remember what it was offhand, but we'll get to that. She goes, and what happened was the girl was on a boat on, I think it was 4th of July weekend or a holiday weekend in Long Island on the Sound. The boat flipped. They thought the girl was missing. She wasn't missing. She died. She eventually found, they found her. She was dead in the water, but they thought she was missing for the longest time. So she goes, they, they made a Facebook memorial page for this girl after she goes, let me show you. Now at this point, I'm just trending with this girl. I'm not, I'm not charging anyone. I'm not getting a dollar for this. I want to be clear about this. I'm just doing this to help people. I wasn't charging anything, nothing doing it on my days off from work. So the girl goes on Facebook or whatever page, pulls up this memorial page. There's a picture of a man in an Avengers outfit with A on his head. I go, who is that? She goes, oh my God. She goes, I forgot. She goes, that was the mother's boyfriend and he raised her like his own daughter. He was very influential to this girl, very important to her. I go, well, that's why... She showed that, you know, they show important things. They're important to them. So you can pass this on to people like, hey, they came through and they're recognizing the care that you took of them when they were alive. And then another picture comes up of this girl, the girl that died. She's wearing a pink shirt and it's got white hearts on it. Like I saw that clear. So I knew at that point I said, okay. I have this because there's no way I could know that. No way I could know this. And she showed me the girl's name, the article, everything I saw was spot on. And there's no way I could have known this. I never heard the story when I when I saw this. I go, I, I think even when, when this actually happened, I don't even think I was living in New York at the time or whatever it was. I, I just said, I never heard of this. I don't even know. So at that moment, I said, all right, I know I have this. So I just kept doing this go to the firehouse. And then on my days off, 
I would start to practice with anyone, friends, family, especially people that I don't know. I would say to someone, if I knew them, can you get me your wife or, or your, your cousin or your niece or a distant relative that I don't know any way that you could tie anything to them to me? That way I can validate that I know that I'm really seeing it clear. And then for them, they can also say, okay, man, this guy is seeing it as opposed to a friend saying, well, you kind of might know that because you know me from the firehouse. I don't want to hear that stuff. When friends come to me for readings, I usually turn them down. I usually say, call Robert, go to him because I don't want you to, I don't want you to doubt me the whole reading. I want you to go to somebody that knows nothing about you. I think that's smart. Yeah, I, it's interesting. I had somebody the other day go, oh, I want you to be on my podcast. I go, sure. She goes, and the last 40 minutes of the podcast, do you mind doing live readings? I said, sure. I go, but you need to have a disclaimer, and I, I need that signed by everyone that I talk to because are your guests ready to, on live air, are they ready to have their shit spoiled out all over the place because the last time someone said that to me, oh, read me right now on the spot. I don't care what comes up. You could say anything. I said, no, I'm not going to read you. And they go, oh, oh, okay. And the next commercial we went to, I said, you want me to read you on live air when we go back on? He goes, yeah. I go, are you ready to share with the rest of the world that last week you just took your girlfriend for an abortion? And he goes, no. I said, okay, you still want me to read you? And he goes, no. I said, that's why, out of respect to you and your girlfriend and her family, this is a giant ripple effect. When you read somebody and you say something to them, and especially when you do it on live air or live TV, if they're not ready for that and something touchy comes up like a suicide or an abortion or whatever it is, I said, you're affecting lives out there. And you may not care, but they're going to care. And I care. Girlfriend might find that private. Like, you just don't know where she's at with that. You know, I mean, that's not your, that's not his to say, you know, not that there's anything wrong with having an abortion, but that's still an intimate thing. And I'm not judging that at all. And I've had people live, I've read them in audiences, and I've said, I've described an event like, you know, you're, you're, you have a cousin coming through, uh, Michael, and he hung himself and he left a suicide note under his bed. And he said that, you know, his, his birthday was in August. And the guy goes, no, 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 no. And I know, because I've been doing this for a while now, I know what I'm seeing. So after the reading, I let that go. The guy grabs me in the parking lot, comes up to me, goes, hey, man, remember what you said in there about Michael, that guy hanging himself, my cousin? He goes, it was real, man. That stuff really happened. I go, why didn't you say that inside there? I go, you know what you just did? There was a hundred people in that room that now they think I'm full of shit and I'm a fraud. I go, and I knew you were lying, but I wasn't going to call you out. I said, because that's your path and you got to live with that. I go, that's wrong. You could have easily said to me, like I say to people, if I bring something up and you don't want to go there, just say pass or skip. Or, or I'm not, I'm not, if you say to me, I'm not sure it's not making sense. I get it. I get it. I'll skip over it and go to the next thing. I go, but do not lie to those people in that room because they're going to go home. They're going to go to the firehouse. They're going to go wherever they go. And they're going to go, yeah, you know, that guy, that fireman that says he's a medium, 
he's full of crap, man. He 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 said to this one person one thing. He's lying. And if they're in grief themselves and very skeptical, like me, and especially early stage, it could be devastating emotionally to them too. Because you know, I must remember going to mediums and group readings and hanging on every word. Just everything felt like it was hanging by a thread. Whether I thought we could survive consciousness, that we could survive bodily death in any way. So hearing something like that would be very, could be very crushing in the early stages of grief if someone isn't really sure that consciousness survives. So yeah, don't do that if anyone goes to group reading. Club Care is a charity organization founded by Emma Justus after the loss of her father, David Justus, to glioblastoma. Club Care is dedicated to supporting children and families dealing with cancer. They strive to create joyful moments through meaningful projects impacting individual families, as well as larger oncology communities. Funding for all projects is raised through philanthropic donations. Go to makingheadway.org backslash clubcare programs for a complete list of programs and activities. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, you're not, you may not be ready right away. The, people say, oh, the first year or the second year of the grieving process, there is no time limit. You don't have to do anything. For me, Graham died. I needed immediate validation, but that's where, that's because I had a pact with her that. The, the deal was when we watch Unsolved Mysteries, I said, if you come through to me and I have definitive proof like that with the medium, I promise you I will share this story with the world because it's real and people need to hear that. And I'm not the only one experiencing these things. I said, but not everyone is at that. Some people need to just, you know, isolate, go away, not talk to anyone that's fine, not harm themselves, of course, you know, reach out, stay connected. But I don't force this on anyone. I don't like it when people say, oh, I was told I need to come to you. No, no, no. Listen to yourself. If you're ready to talk to me, talk to me. Don't just come to me. That's something you have to decide internally. So then... I piece together, right? So what's also really weird, at night, I'm reading people, doing psychic readings at night. At night, when I do this, UFOs are appearing or lights in the sky, whatever you want to call them. So we're filming them. We're documenting them. These ones you can see with your bare eye because the yeah. one when you were in, in the air Air Force, correct? You had to use the special night. I, I have I have an infrared night vision camera, so it picks up everything now. So, but these are things that people with me, I'm reading them. We all see them. You don't need a camera. I just only started recording the last few years. I really didn't care to record them. I just thought it was cool to document it. So now I have thousands of hours of footage and videos and all that. Well. Next thing you know, the New York Post finds out somehow, they never told me how, they found out that I was doing psychic readings and communicating with UFOs. They write an article about me. Um, they call me and said, hey, we're, we're printing an article tomorrow about you, about your UFO contact. I said, what about it? And they said, well, we can't tell you, but we want a comment. I said, I can't comment on something unless you give me uh, something of what you're writing about. 
I said, otherwise uh, I'm calling my attorney and I'm not saying anything because is this a hit piece? Like, well, I, I don't get this. Usually the girl that wrote the article, I looked at the other articles she wrote in the past and she wrote hit pieces on politicians and firefighters. So I assumed this was not going to be nice. So I called the fire. Who would write a hit piece on a firefighter? Like of all feel like you guys just do nothing uh, but inc- help. Incredible. Like, incredible. She wrote an article, she wrote an article and she said more firefighters are injuring themselves in the kitchen getting burns in the kitchen than getting burns at fire. She wrote an article about this. I mean, what a who cares? You know what I mean? And, and, and that's absurd. Don't talk about all the other stuff we do. That's reported burns. Do you know how many guys I work with that get burnt like myself on my ears and neck where we don't get any medical attention? Because most guys don't go to get medical attention. They just tough it out. So statistically, yeah, maybe there's more burns in a kitchen because most firemen won't go and report it. She won't write that. That's a whole nother thing. Anyway, she writes this article. I told the fire department, I had to go to the New York City fire department and tell them I'm a UFO contactee. I'm a psychic medium. I have to tell them all this stuff. How embarrassing, right? Not exactly how I wanted this to come out, but you know what? It is what it is. They said, you know what, Andrew, we don't have a problem with it. What you're doing, there's nothing negative. You're not summoning demons or, you know, like nothing crazy. You have a great story. You're helping people. You're communicating with angelic type things. We need more firemen like you. That's great. So they thought they were going to do a hit piece. The fire department called the post. They said, listen, don't run the article because, number one, the guy doesn't want you to run it. So out of respect to him, just don't do it. And they were like, no, we're going to do it. And they did it. And it actually turned into a blessing. It was a blessing in disguise at first. It was, you know, it sucked at first, but it was a blessing in disguise because I was in Australia at the moment. I was talking about my experiences. Someone saw me talking about my experiences in Australia. They asked me to come speak at a conference in Australia. I did. Came, spoke at the conference, met a girl while I was here started dating long distance and basically just never came back. Stayed in Australia, got a job working in a funeral home as an embalmer. So I was literally preparing, arranging funerals and then preparing the bodies themselves and then still doing the psychic readings and the UFO contact on my days off in my spare time. I was doing all of this great stuff. It was great. I went to uh, Australia before the article I went before, and then the article came out, like it was literally like maybe a month after or whatever, and I started dating this girl. We decided to have a family. She was pregnant. I said, all right, I'm going to move to Australia. We're going to do this. The article came out. It was like, whatever, it's out anyway. You know, I'm moving anyway, so I don't really care. It's out, it's out, it is what it is. I'm, I'm moving to Australia, I could care less. So I came, moved to Australia, relocated here. Uh, got into the funeral industry, kept doing the psychic work this whole time. Everyone kept saying to me, Andrew, you're a medium. You should be a medium full time, blah, blah, blah. I said, I want to know what it's like to really help grieving families. And I do that through psychic work. But if I work in a funeral home and I'm actually now preparing deceased bodies, this is giving me life experience 
to my psychic work. You know, like it's all helping. It's all intertwined. I really know what it's like to be around and, and as close as what it's like to be dead. I'm not dead, but I literally have worked with dead people. That's pretty as much as close as you can get. And to be with the families and what they have to deal with after. So this all helped me, this whole experience that I had. COVID-19 happened. My ink box exploded. Someone messaged me and said, hey, you want to write a book? I said, I'll think about it. I wrote a few things. Boom, I got signed by a literary agency and got a couple book offers. Next thing you know, I got contacted by a production company, got signed by them. We're in early development right now for a TV series where I'll be traveling throughout the States, basically doing what I do, you know, this psychic stuff where I meet with people, do readings for them, uh, and then everything else, the UFO stuff, all this stuff. So a bunch of things happening. And now I, I am doing readings full time. When COVID happened, I had hundreds of people messaging me. I need a reading. I need a reading. I'm going through hell. I said, all right, it's time. So I opened my own legitimate business. Finally, I did it for nothing for over a decade. And I know I loved it because I did it for nothing. You know, if you do something for nothing, you love it. If you'll do it for free, you love the thing. And I will do it. If someone needs a reading and they didn't have money, I would still read them because I know they need the reading. Um, no problem, but I'm doing it now as a business and I love doing it. I'm just reading people every day and, and it's beautiful. I know I've, I've been meant to do this the whole time, but I feel that my life experiences over the years, the things that I've seen, uh, and being firefighter, being working in a funeral home, all these things have helped me in the work that I'm currently doing because people can talk to me about things that I truly understand. I know what it's like. I've been in the trenches. And yeah, that's basically where I'm at now. So yeah, I'm here in Australia still at the moment. I will be coming back to the States at some point to film. Uh, we're going to be going eventually global to film all over. Um, I can't release any details who, what, when, where, but it's, it's yeah, it's going to be a pretty big to-do. <laughs> so I'm really excited. I had the most amazing people the right people will appear at the right time in your life. And that's just how it happened. I didn't ask. I didn't go looking to do this. These things just happened. I didn't want to write a book. I didn't want the TV series, nothing like that. The right people just appeared to me and helped me. And I am a big believer in synchronicity. And I just kept following the next synchronicity after the next. But one thing I just love is that when your story came out, when you were finally like, I've got to own this, um, something that you were a little secretive about. And I get it. I've still been a little secretive about what the fuck. I'm kind of going in waves, but step by step. But it's just the way it just came together and the way everything just came together is, it's very inspiring. You know, it really, you know, normally I like to talk about evidence and science and facts, but there is something about uh, uh, inexplicable when you really just own yourself and you've worked out your crap. I mean, as much we no one works out their crap perfectly. That's like a myth. But when you're just like own yourself and go for it, things come together in weird ways. I've noticed that some too. Well, when this started happening too, it was really uncomfortable at first because of what I did for a living 
And I knew people would really try to go after me because some people don't like firefighters. Some people just don't, some people just don't like people for whatever reason. Well, I, I was very fortunate. I met, I met a lady named Mary Rodwell in Australia. That's the only Australian I knew. And she works with people that are known as experiencers of UFOs and stuff like that. And she said, Andrew, something is going on with your DNA. She said, you've activated parts of your DNA. I, she goes, I believe you're doing that. She goes, you need to find a scientist that studies this kind of thing. Now, it's not easy to find. I can't walk into a geneticist or an immunologist's office in New York City as a firefighter and say, hey, doc, uh, I contact UFOs and dead people. Can you look at my DNA? I think I'm weird and all this stuff. It's not that easy to find. Well, I was being interviewed once by someone. And while I was being interviewed, I started changing color during the interview. I started turning blue. Can you say who this was or where the interview was? Michael Harrell, and I have the interview, I could send it to you. I was being interviewed by Michael Harrell. I have the link, it's on my YouTube page as well. Um, he interviewed me, and while he interviewed me, I started turning blue, not my skin. Obviously, that's impossible, you're not a reptile. So he goes, Andrew, he goes, uh, he goes, as I kept talking about the phenomena and I kept going deeper and deeper into my story and experiences, I started turning darker and darker and darker and more blue and more blue. And he goes, Andrew, I think you're activating something. Wait, so what do you mean? So your skin obviously didn't turn blue, as you said, because then, I mean, that happens when people like die or choke to death. You were seeing the blue, like there was a light around you. Would anyone be able to see it? Would I have been able to see it? If we were looking at each other right now uh, through this interview, I would be turning, the, the color of my skin would start getting darker and darker and darker into blue, 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 really, really dark, dark blue, and then lighten up, and then go back to blue, and then stay blue. Well, just to make sure I wasn't nuts, right, uh, Mary Rodwell said, find an immunologist. I located Dr. Gary Nolan at Stanford Research Institute. He has his own laboratory, Nolan Laboratories. The guy is a genius and he got a couple million dollar grant from the department of defense to do cancer research. This guy's a genius. I sent him the video. He said, number one, how the fuck did you do that? Cause it's not fake. He goes in your brain, you have another brain. It's called in our brains. We have another brain. We call it the antenna. He goes, somehow people can turn this antenna on. It's a two way sender and receiver. He goes, some people activate it through near-death experiences. Some people do it through UFO contact, meditative states. He goes, we're not really sure how it happens. He goes, and people that are having a high level of UFO contact and psychic contact, we're noticing that they're activating this antenna. So what they do is they put people in MRI machines and they can see parts of the brain's that are activating when this happens. So he said to me, he said, Andrew, he said, you have a very special gift. If anyone says anything to you, tell them to fuck off. He goes, you have a great life. What you're doing is beautiful. It's incredible. He goes, keep doing what you're doing. Own your story. He goes, I can't make sense of all of it. He goes, but you're experiencing something very unique and special and just keep doing it and just see what comes of it. So, I got that validation from that PhD. 
that was good enough for me. I'm so interested in this. I'm going to have to start researching him. Gary Nolan, you said? Dr. Gary Nolan from Stanford University. Yes. And what is this antenna? Do they know anything? Is it? Oh, yeah. They, they've done research papers. That there's part. There's a part in the brain specifically that they that they call it. There's a paper on it. I'll, I'll send you the link for it. I'll, I'll post the link because we have words like the amygdala. You know, I mean, I, the I, I don't know the brain off the top of my yeah, head. They, well, they, no pun intended. Well, enough to like name the parts, but and I know that. Dr. Um, Stuart Hameroff and Sir Roger Penrose, I don't know if it ties into these at all, but I think these are activated in everybody, microtubulars, which are parts of the brain, and they think those might be the parts that download, like if our consciousness is not local, these two doctors, I mean, very admired ones, like Sir Roger Penrose has won like awards in England, they worked with, um, I Either both of them or one of them has worked with Stephen Hawking. I mean, these are admired people studying this by the quote-unquote, like, normal geniuses. Oh, yeah. Um, I have, like, 800 questions now I want to ask you. One, this is a little theoretical. I don't know if this is a little philosophical. Then I'll get into more, like, factual questions. But you said that this part of your brain, the antenna, people who activate it, which I assume are, like, you know, as you were saying, near-death experiencers, psychic mediums. They tend to have more psychic experiences, inexplicable, and UFO. Now, what confuses me is how how psychic discarnate consciousness would tie in with UFOs. Because in my mind, and I don't know enough about them, but UFOs are, given that they're related to life on other planets, would be material not other level of consciousness. They'd be just like us, maybe maybe different physical species that live in the material life on another planet. Like it's completely logical. You don't have to be into the afterlife at all. You can think all this is nonsense and still think it could make sense that beings in other planets could send stuff to our planets. I mean, we've sent, we have robots on Mars. Why would it tie in with seeing UFOs given that UFOs are interplanetary? And not just unidentified, totally normal objects. Yeah. Well, I think some of them uh, are right here. When I've asked them, where are you? They said, we're not coming from anywhere. We're right here in the earth. Uh, when I lived in Coney Island, I would say, where are you? What planet are you coming from? Or what solar system? And they said, nowhere. We're, we just come right from the earth. We, this is our planet. You know, this is our earth. This is our planet. I, I just sent you an article uh, explaining all that antenna brain stuff as well in your Instagram. So you can see that as well. Oh, cool. And I'll link it for you guys in the show notes. Okay. So they're like living in another dimension the way, I mean, we already have just very simple to see or not even simple to see, but you know, mitochondria, all these other almost like dimensions can be seen now that we have intense microscopes. So it's not dogs hear sounds that we don't. So it's, there are like other forms of consciousness living in another dimension just on earth. Yeah. They're, my understanding is they're here all the time. It's as you keep meditating, you will raise your level of awareness. I'm trying to keep this real simple for like a real, like for anyone to understand right now. For me, please me. I mean, I'm still baffled by all this. <laughs> keep it simple for me. Want someone to turn on your show and go, oh, okay, I can get that. Not like, what the hell is he talking about? So you keep raising your vibration or your 
awareness of things, the more you meditate. So as you meditate more, you could start to see things clearer, more refined. When you are, when you are in silence, that is the best way to see all of this. This all comes through in silence. When you sit through in silence, whether it's contacts with ETs or, or spirits, when you're in that silence, yes, you can see the all. The all is possible. And, and you know, anything and everything I believe has or has ha- happened already. It's just a matter of us figuring out a way to manifest it into reality. But it's here. You know, all the parts are here already. We just have to pull them together. So I, I think that, like for myself, you know, I will have to. Maybe I could do it a little bit quicker where someone's starting out. It might just take them uh, longer to get to that state of being somebody that's going to fight it. It's never going to happen, but you know, you'll be amazed where you can go from where you've been. You know, you will, you will grow and this stuff will, will eventually, I don't know if ETs will be walking around for everyone to see one day or not. I don't think it'll be anything like that. I think, like they've told me, I said, how can I see you? How can other people see you? They'll tell me we are, we are for the eyes of the people that have to see us. So it's like for the people that have the, that have the eyes to see them. Wait, what? What, <laughs> what, what do you mean? They are the, I, I don't understand what you said. Can you explain that to someone who's like kind of stupid about spirituality like me? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, well, first ask your question and I'll give you the straight answer to that question. So your simple Question is what? And I'll just give you the simple answer just to keep it real simple. I don't even know what else is. Like, I don't really understand what you said. These beings that you saw with your eyes communicated to you psychically. You get the information the way you get it, Mm -hmm. you know, about deceased consciousness that used to be humans said, we are the eyes like E-Y-E or the letter I like myself. And what does that even mean? Uh, What I said was, I asked them, I said, how can I see you? Or how can someone see you? And they said, we are only for the people, meaning the regular people. if, If the people have the eyes to see them. So it's an expression. We're here, but we're only for the people that have the eyes to see them. You need the correct vision to see us, meaning they're here all the time. If you keep meditating, your consciousness will expand and your own eyes then can see them. So it has nothing to do with their eye. It's just an expression, meaning you meditate more and more and more and you will be able to see them. That's how you can see them. It's not going to happen instantly or overnight, but eventually you will be able to see them. You will have the eyes to see them. That's crazy. And they look like orbs of light to you, like those two silver orbs that you first saw. Yeah, I've, I've seen them start out like that with their balls of light in the sky. I've seen them literally float down, like how you would see a balloon floating down to the ground, changing shape into what looks like a human outline, a humanoid outline, like a person, literally like that, that's what you would identify. And then even into like a black disc, I've seen ones that are just like black discs. I've seen many different sizes, shapes. When people take photos, and this happens all the times, people say, oh, they're 
blurry and fuzzy and they're crappy and they're horrible, those photos. No one ever gets a clear photo. The reason why is because wherever they're from, say they're coming from somewhere or they're in the Earth or they're on another planet, just say they're from Mars, right? They're coming here. If they were able to transform into their real state, meaning whatever they really look like, the toxins in the atmosphere on planet Earth would kill them. Meaning, if I went to Mars right now with no spacesuit, I would die immediately because I couldn't handle the toxins in the air. So when they come here, they are taking shape and form. Sometimes it's just for a second. It is like vibrating, pulsating energy and it's moving so fast it's like whoa like that moving so 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 fast that when you take the picture they can only hold their real form for like a second because if it's longer than that they'll die they would they would literally they would they would explode they would die they couldn't handle the atmosphere here it's poisonous to them but they you said they're here they said they're here all the time though yeah so some of them told me that they're they're in the earth that they're that they're in the earth they're in the earth all the time the, the, when i say where are you coming from they say we're here we're here all the time we're in the earth when they when they say people are walking amongst us there are theories i i, I can't tell you for sure but there are theories out there that they have crossbred with some humans and they are walking the earth I don't want to get into that, but th th there's theories of that. There's theories of that. I don't know about that, that they're actually walking. I'm open to hearing anything at this point with reason. I'm open to having a conversation about it. I, I need proof. Like, I, I, I would love to show you. Here's the proof of it. I don't have that. So it's, I have pictures of videos, things I've seen. Uh, that's, that's all I got, you know, like. So then this is. Rather than like strong evidence, this is just going to be a conversation, this part of intellectual curiosity, you know? I mean, people say stuff is nonsense too easily. People say, I think it's a reaction to people who say these are facts and then overinterpret. But I think everything is worth having real curiosity about and questioning. I mean, this people are talking about this. And one thing that maybe really brings this down to like the level of people who you know, or more material minded like me, when you s talked about the meditations and how you reach other levels of perception, what I notice is when I've been in stages, especially studying this early on, and I was meditating a lot, and I started taking psychic medium classes, just, you know, more for the evidence of it, because that's not my skill was my senses were getting more and more sensitive. Smells were stronger. I was seeing everything. Colors were brighter. It was subtle. You know, I wasn't seeing things of other dimensions. But if you look at the spectrum of what we can see in terms of size and, you know, we can't see infrared, we can't see ultraviolet, we see the small spectrum. And I think some people see more than others. You'll see certain artists who can see subtleties in colors that others of us can't see. Some of us are colorblind. I mean, some of us are blind altogether, but I just noticed all my senses were perceiving another level. 
And so I would think someone who has real abilities to really, you know, I mean, our brains are already so different, probably can just expand and expand. And it's probably a much higher version of what I was experiencing. This really, if you think of it that way, there's something to me very evidential. Yes, 100%. Uh, absolutely. I mean, you talk to Buddhists or monks or I, I when I lived in Brooklyn, I used to go to a Buddhist temple over there and uh, I talked to Buddhists about this stuff, you know, ETs and life and everything. And we had normal conversations about this. I mean, they, they are well aware, well in tune to this. And it's like a normal thing. They're, it's not even like a you have to prove it to them. They're just like, yeah, like, yeah, it is. Of course. Of course it is. You know, so. Um, we're, we're just so, you know, we're in a society that, you know, chat wants to challenge everything and believe nothing. And, you know, why is the U S government now having hearings about UFOs? What, I mean, are you kidding me? What more proof do you need? You know, then this shit is real and there's a lot more coming. Trust me, there is a lot more coming. So this is just, they've just cracked open the door a little bit. That's what I keep hearing too. I mean, I read that book, Skinwalkers, which has very normal, quote unquote, normal government, prestigious government officials who went and did studies of inexplicable extraterrestrial. That's that's defining too much what that is, because to me, that's a material being in our dimension that lives in another planet. So not even extraterrestrial, like inexplicable, possibly extraterrestrial, possibly interdimensional. It's just, I I, I don't even know what to ask about this. It's just, it's so mind blowing. And there's so many angles to take with this. It's just, it's so, it, it just opens possibilities and our understanding up so much. And yeah, the government is really starting to release stuff. I mean, more than we ever thought they would. And, or I ever, not that I thought it was hidden. I just didn't think it really existed. I mean, I definitely always thought there were living beings on other planets, but I didn't think this is something else. This is something more layered definitely than other humans or other like dogs living on Saturn, you know, that are with whatever material beings that would be adapted and evolved through material evolution to that climate this is something else and it's i i I don't really even know what to ask i think there's so much we still have to i don't i don't think we have enough it's very rare i don't have eight thousand very specific questions but i think we don't have enough information for me to even know what to ask except this is absolutely it's so interesting i just can't wait to see where this goes have you read Leslie Kane? Oh, I know her. I know her very well. You know her personally? Yeah. Okay. She's a friend. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. And there's someone credible. And I wouldn't say she's my friend, but I know her. I know her through Forever. You know, she's done stuff with the Forever family. Mm-hmm. And she's, oh, she's yeah. so grounded. She knows me. Okay. That gives, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's another layer of credibility. She, she, she's been very helpful. Extremely helpful. Uh, I'll leave it at that. She's great. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier that you, and I know you said Robert Hansen did some of this as well, have worked some with the feds and trying to find some missing people. I'd love to know a little bit about that. First of all, 
What do you think are the main obstacles to that? Because you said Robert Hansen has found this so hard. And what's been your experience with that? Yeah, I was told to basically apply what I applied, just like doing a psychic reading, apply the same principles and and write out exactly what I'm seeing. Pick a missing person anywhere in the world, anywhere, just someone that you don't know, you know, just find one somewhere and, and write down what you're seeing exactly and then see if and when the person's found, see if it was exactly what you saw. Uh, I have a friend who's a dog walker in Brooklyn who finds missing people with the state police, and he's done it a bunch of times. He's fucking incredible. I don't think he'd come on a show. You never expected he's a dog walker. Guy, the guy's a great guy. He's a dog walker, and, and he's incredible. He's it's sensational, what, what he does. And he's found people missing people legit found them uh dead people found them for the state police so i've talked to him he's been to my home he's been to my home in brooklyn we've had contact together Uh, he's seen ufos with me yeah he's the real deal um i have have you ever heard of that before of anyone that did that i have not someone i know well i've heard stories mainly through lloyd arbach of like alex tanis i've heard in history, and I've heard that there are psychic mediums who work with the police to find missing people and that the police don't publicly admit it. Is that, would you back that up? Yeah, they'll never publicly admit it. Never. No, they can't. It's very hard, especially when going into court to say how you got the information. And so a lot of people don't want to touch it. But, you know, and then a lot of times they don't know if you solved something or didn't. You know, so you can give them information and they don't even get back to you. Some won't even tell you if you got it or not. So it's it's very tough. I, I know Nancy Weber very well. Nancy Orlean Weber. Who's that? She's been working with the FBI for over 40 years. She She's phenomenal. And she finds missing people. And she's been doing it with the feds and the local police. And she's been through the ringer. And she's helped, helped me out a lot with this stuff. You know, she's the best. I, I go with the best. If anything you're doing, go to the originator, the people that first started it, the 30, 40 year people that have been doing it, go right to the source, bang, and just absorb, be like a sponge. That's what I did with all the stuff. Learn as much as you you can from these people. And that's how you learn this. You know, like anything, you want to go to the senior person and just milk them everything you possibly can learn, right? Take notes, listen, just listen, 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 listen to everything they say. And it'll start to make sense and it will come together. They've done it. You know, they've done it. Robert said it can't be done. He said it's nearly impossible. Nancy Weber said she's done it for over 40 years with the FBI and other agencies. So I'm sticking with her right now and, you know, doing a few things, a few experiments, seeing how they work out. And I will relay, if I can, how they work out. I may not, maybe I can't with some, but I, I am like on a mission to do that one day where if I could just sit and and work on finding missing people, I don't care how old or young they are. I just want to find people to give their families closure. Like, Hey, this is what happened. This is where they were. This is it. Here's the proof. They told me X, Y, and Z. There's no way I could know this and you can make what you want of it. You know? So what better, what better thing you could have right then to give a family some closure that has no closure. Have you had any luck with it yet? Is it still early stages? No, no, it's it's very it's very early. It's very early. I I don't know yet. Yeah, I I, I have a couple of things that are out there, and when they come back, uh, I'll let you know. 
And it makes sense, guys, because I know one thing that scared me in the beginning is I'd hear all this stuff that psychic mediums work with the police secretly and the police, but then the police would say that's nonsense. And I mean, I don't blame them, not just the stigma, but it would make evidence that they got, even if they investigated it and verified it, I would think it would be a very strong benefit to the defense attorneys to try to make evidence inadmissible. Yeah, exactly. What would you say? Is there one experience that you had giving readings or anything that you've not yet told that stands out that you would say to an incredibly skeptical person, grief ridden skeptical that just says it makes no sense. Consciousness can survive without a brain, but they really, really hope it does. What is one of the most evidential things you've experienced? I don't, I don't like when people come to me and say, here's a picture of my son. Uh, you have to blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I don't want to see anything. I'm an evidential medium. I'm a clear channel. I don't do it that way. I don't, no cards, no crystals. Uh, when you're a clear channel medium, you're the medium. You don't need the tarot cards. You don't need anything. You are the medium. And when people talk about the gift, you have a gift. No, I don't have a gift. The gift is seeing what happens when that person reconnects with their loved one on the other side. That's the gift. Not me being the witness to that. It's a gift for me to be able to sit back and look and go, oh my God, look at what is going on between them. And now survival of consciousness has been proved. A woman came to me once and had gone to every medium. No one could connect them with her son. She was just distraught. She was a mess. And she came in and, and, and I remember I picked up a, there was like a knife. There was just like a small little knife, just like a little ridge knife here. And I said, I looked at her and I said, I want to pick this knife up and I want to scratch. I want to write on the door. I want to write on the door right now. And she just burst and she said, my son wrote on the door, help me. And then he hung himself. And, you know, I didn't know what it meant. I had no idea, but I just have to say whatever I'm seeing. And, but after she went to, you know, she maybe went psychic medium obsessive and she went to all of them and, and had to, had to, had to talk to him. John Edward, when John Edward's mom died, it took him 10 years for his mom to come through and she was clairvoyant. So there's no time frame of when or a soul's going to come through or not. So just be patient. When they're ready to come through, they will. Don't go psychic hopping and chasing. You throw away your life savings. You'll find a good medium uh, that's doing the work. They'll read you honestly. It'll either be what it is or it isn't. Don't tell them who you want to talk to. They're either ready to come through or not. And when they come through, they'll just be there. And if they're not there, if it's not that person, the person that is coming through might have a life-saving message for you. And I've had that happen. Like someone said, I want my mom to come through. They didn't come through, but a neighbor was coming through and telling this person that they needed to go get, you know, a breast examination. And they did. And they had stage four cancer and almost died and didn't die. Just an example uh, of many things like that have happened. So I tell people, basically calm down, just relax and let the message come through, take notes, record it. If, you, if it doesn't make sense now, 
go home, talk to your friends and family, ask them, and then call me back and tell me that what I told you, it's all wrong, none of it makes sense, or holy shit, Andrew, I talked, I reconnected with my cousin that I hadn't talked to in a couple of years, and you were spot on. Well, you needed to reconnect with your cousin. That was the point of the reading. You need to stay tight with your family. It's not all about you. You know, sometimes it's about reconnection with a relative. So, you know, some, sometimes these things happen in a reading where we have one expectation and it's something totally opposite. So try to remain open-minded. And that's what I tell people. It's not easy. People want what they want. I get it. We're in a society. We want it right now. And if we don't get it, it's not good enough. They'll write you a bad review. Nothing you could do about that. I know in my heart, I'm doing the work the best I can out of my heart and soul and w- what it does for them that, that they can do whatever they want with it. And now we're going to pause for a second for the question of the week. This week's question comes from Tara M. If psychics and mediums are genuine, why do they charge for their gifts? I thought genuine ones offered their gifts for free. Hey, Tara. Thanks for that question. You know, a lot of people wonder that. I kind of thought that in the beginning, too. And, you know, it'd be really nice if they could just give readings for free. It'd be nice if all really needed services could be for free, such as medical care. If you're in the United States, it certainly is not. Education, unfortunately, often isn't. Well, at least higher education. And mental health therapy, not for free. Mediums just have to make money. They don't have a choice. How else are they going to survive or support their families? And mediums that have other jobs tend to not be as good. Again, that doesn't apply to everybody, but it's a skill just like any other skill. And they need to really hone it and work on it, and work on it daily. So if they're not being paid, they really can only treat it as a hobby and can only apply a certain amount of time to it. But if they're paid, they can work on their mediumship full-time, and most tend to give much better readings when they can focus on it as their main career, just like all of us with our own careers. If you have a question you want me to answer, send it to hello at wtfjusthappened.net and put question of the week in the subject. I know I usually say first names, but if you want to be completely anonymous, let me know. And feel free to reach out anyway, even if you don't have a question. I can't wait to hear your questions and hear from you. You ever wonder what mediums do with their free time? How about a 30-something-year-old gay medium living in New York City? Well, in this podcast, you're about to find out. Welcome to Ghost Daddy, a place where LGBTQ plus spiritual people and our cis-hetero allies, of course, have a place to just be themselves and spread their wisdom. This is the new face of spirituality. None of that love and light, toxic positivity crap. So pour yourself a vodka soda, <laughs> open up your mind, and start listening. You can listen to the Ghost Daddy podcast anywhere where you listen to podcasts.
As I'm sure you've heard, the Supreme Court in the United States just overturned Roe v. Wade, which protects a woman's right to have an abortion if she chooses. Now it's illegal in some of our states. If anyone is looking to obtain an abortion and you live in a state where it's illegal, you can check the following sites. I suggest using a VPN, virtual private network, which hides your identity on your computer or phone. These are the sites, womenonwaves.org, womenonweb.org, aidaccess.org, plancpills.org, wholewomanshealth.com, abortionfunds.org, and of course, Planned Parenthood. I linked all of them on our Instagram at WTF underscore just underscore happened underscore, and they're saved in our stories. These are also great places to donate and see if they need any help. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to share that my book, What the Fuck Just Happened? A Sciencey Skeptic Explores Grief, Healing, and Evidence of an Afterlife is available now for sale. If you go to wtfjusthappened.net, you can see the link to buy it. I'll also have the link in the podcast show notes. I know many of you want to know how exactly did I come to change my mind about the afterlife? Well, this book is all about the first stages of my exploration into this afterlife evidence to where I'm at today. It starts with the awful part of when I lost my dad, how as a science-minded atheist, I first began to explore if there was any possibility of an afterlife, and what and who I found most compelling. I also share some stuff that was not so compelling, such as a very clearly fake psychic medium reading and a pretty ridiculous seance, but that's balanced by some amazing peer-reviewed studies on mediums, medium readings, parapsychologists, and just a whole bunch of what the fucks, including some really inexplicable personal things that happened to me, and some really incredible signs I got from my dad. Despite the topic, it's actually funny, mainly because I'm just like such an awkward person. And you also get to learn about all the amazing people and incredible characters I met along the way, as well as more about the research that helped change my mind. And some of the people you learn about have become some of my really good friends and mentors today. So go to WTFJustHappened.net and order it. If you've already read it, please rate and review on Amazon. I cannot tell you how helpful that is. And share with any friends who might be interested. Thank you all. I'm so excited to finally share the full details of this crazy exploration with all of you. We're going to close with that. Say thank you so much. This was just a great talk and I actually would love to have you back because I feel we just scratched the surface <laughs> and where can our listeners find you and know when your book's coming out know when this show that you obviously can't say anything about yet it's coming out everyone I was always known as the psychic firefighter because there's only one it's me the psychic firefighter.com 
everything's there. Message me, email me, you want to read it, whatever. Just everything will be on there, updates, everything, just getting going. That's the easiest way to find me. I'm on every social, no problem. Just reach out. To get more information on what the fuck just happened, go to wtfjusthappened.net. There you can order my book, What the Fuck Just Happened? A Sciency Skeptic Explores Grief, Healing, and Evidence of an Afterlife. And you can learn all about how I came to conclude that there most likely is an afterlife. You can also learn about the early stages of my grief and the amazing, fascinating people I met along the way. You can also read about how much I harassed them trying to get evidence, see if they were cheating, and see if they were sane. There, you can subscribe to our newsletter. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. It makes such a difference, especially for a new podcast like this one. And if any of you have had a crazy what the fuck yourself, have any questions, feedback, or just want to say hi, reach out on either Instagram at WTF underscore just underscore happened underscore or email me at hello at WTF just happened.net. And remember, you don't have to draw any final conclusions as you wonder what the fuck just happened.